Hi folks, uh, Irish Trekkie and um, Trek Collector, aka Damien and Chris, back again with the Nerd Escape Podcast Episode 2. And um, as we mentioned in the previous comments of our last video, and again, big thumbs up for everybody that uh, supports us. We're, we hit, um, what did we hit? We're almost at 1100 views, Chris, on the very first episode of the Nerd Escape Podcast. So um, thank you very much for all your support. And um, as you were mentioning, uh, as we were talking earlier, Chris, the comment section has just like been on fire with um, very animated debates as well, which is all good. You know, people pro timeline, people anti timeline and stuff like that. As well. But that's what we all we want is just a bit of conversation going. So, um, yeah, episode two is here. And this time we're going to talk about more Star Trek movies and we're going to focus on the motion picture. If you can actually see below, I actually have a queue it up there as well. So um, you all know about me, Irish Trekkie, into Star Trek models, Eagle Moss collection, and so on and so forth. And Chris, do you want to introduce yourself to the people? Uh, well, my name is Chris. T. Judge is my Facebook page. Uh, also, you can find me through putting in the Trek Collector on Facebook. Uh, basically, I am going to soon start doing reviews. I have been promising on it. I will start this of my collection and so forth. Some, some things I have are kind of hard to get these days, but also a part of the page is what I'm planning on doing is doing some research for you guys. So if you do really want these models and stuff like that, where you can get them to this day, I know some things will be pricey and some things will be good. Also to try and find just a great bargain out there. But otherwise than that, uh, I've joined up with Damien. Um, please hit like and subscribe to our page because what we're doing is we are talking trick. We are taking any basic topics that we can think of and bring it to your guys. So, Primeline, Kelvin Time, we've got tons of episodes that we can talk about. But I think I'll leave it up to you what we are going to focus on for the next while. So, for the next while, and because the first episode was pretty successful and seemed to go down well with a lot of people, we're going to do a mini-series on the movies. And uh, the genesis of the motion picture is going to be our first point of call. And um, like that, we're going to try and come up with some nuggets of information. And listen, you know, we are not the penultimate sources of Star Trek lore. Um, we're bound to make mistakes. But um, all we want to do is bring a bit of entertainment your way with some nuggets of information. But listen, that's what the comment section is below for as well. Let us know what we did wrong and, uh, you know, what you found interesting as well. So again, we love talking to you and uh, Chris and myself are trying to respond to almost every comment that we can. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of go from there. So I hope you enjoy. And I'm going to queue up. We're going to see the motion picture um, start now in a few moments below. And uh, we're just kind of going to give our own opinions on it and at the end of the day like we said in the first podcast it's just our own opinion it may not be the correct opinion from your perspective but we're all entitled to how we see things as well so going on the comments just there by the way we mm. can't get all the comments if, if, if you can't yes. get a response off us please hit our facebook pages damien will leave the link down below the other thing as well is like come here just being absolutely fantastic comments We've seen both sides of the arguments. As Damien said there, we're not complete experts. And it's interesting. People are bringing up new information for us, which is fantastic. And that's the idea of this whole podcast is kind of come in, watch our video clips. We'll try and bring up new points that you might know about. And, you know, from the comment section as well, we're all going to get more information so we'll be super trek geeks by the end of uh, our series <laughs> exactly exactly you know the community will bring us up to superior knowledge so um yeah like 
let's let's just kind of delve into the motion picture and um you know we'll kind of go from there so we'll do our little bit of ramblings like we normally do but we have a bit of a we have a foundation of what we kind of want to talk about so bear with us <laughs> so the motion picture uh so she came out 79 and um to be honest with you if, just to get it out of the way i really like the movie <laughs> to be honest with you um it's good it's it's good like you know just cinematography and the story and just everything like obviously there's issues with it um and we'll go into that in a little bit more detail as well but like some of the interesting things that i i found out about it um and like chris you were saying there we're talking about phase two um star trek and if you want to actually talk about that uh for the moment how the how the movie kind of came about yeah, well, if you'd like. we go back to June 3rd, very sad day for Star Trek, 1969, the show was cancelled. Um, lucky enough with Gene, and I think from my research, and I'm sure you, you found out from your research as well, now we knew Gene Roddenberry was a very, very stubborn man, very into getting what he wants, and I think it's evidence. Visionary, from, you know. Yeah, but like it's, it's amazing how this movie was even made by the, the things that Gene was doing, which, thank God... Paramount had faith in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he kind of blew the budget, but I'll get into that in a few minutes. So anyway, the animated series, he got his way with the animated series, which brought back uh, most of our crew, which was brilliant, and the, the voices, and that ran for, two, they, they got two seasons anyway, mm-hmm. and that finished in 74. And then we went on to what, cause of such a popular demand of what you call it, uh, Paramount at the time, and C- uh, I don't think CBS was great back then, yeah. but they were getting bombarded by fan mail. So Star Trek was hot merchandise um, at the time. They didn't realize it, but it was it had a cult following. Um, so basically what they decided to do was they were going to introduce a new TV series, which is going to be called Star Trek Phase 2. They got in another designer to redesign the Enterprise for a refit. Thank God he got dropped. No offense. <laughs> I, he came from Star Wars. He, you know what I mean? He basically yeah. kept the primary hull the same, went for a mad triangle for the the secondary hull uh, and kind of kept them themselves but i'm glad that they uh they stuck with uh, uh mr jeffries indeed and in case you didn't know guys a homage to matt jeffries is the jeffrey tubes yeah <laughs> indeed <laughs> every single starship at one point or another mm-hmm. uh, jeffries tubes. so we have they wanted to bring it back around 1977 um, and in between that, a year beforehand, uh, NASA's first space station, uh, or sorry, it was, yeah, NASA's first space shuttle was due to be uh, unveiled. Hmm. And fans bombarded. Uh, Poor old the, NASA. <laughs> to have the space shuttle renamed, and it was renamed Enterprise. So yes. again. So cool. Um, where do I she's just second. i can see i can see a shuttle just in the very top yeah she's actually on um she's actually on the the 747 which is kind of like <laughs> the anyway. but uh so yeah it got renamed so like what what more publicity do you want for a new tv series so then yeah. a certain movie came out which was called star wars which kind of made sci-fi big but Paramount were sitting on the fence in this one and going, mm, is this just a one-off wonder? So we had another movie come out. It was uh, Thousand Encounters of the Third Time. Or th- third Kind, third yeah. Time, and basically they did a U-turn. So they cancelled the TV series and pushed forward for Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, 
So a few interesting facts that I found out was that the actual original um, the pilot for Phase 2 was going to be a two-hour TV movie job to introduce it. Mm. And it was in Die Own Self, I think. I can't remember the exact name. Yes, in Die Own Self, yeah, you're right. And that was basically the pilot. So there was kind of pressure to get this movie done, so they used that storyline. And I think uh, uh, there's a lot of kind of like they were using... At the time as well, they had the actors actually contracted. I don't know if people knew this, but they had the actors, most of them, or Leonard Nimoy, mm-hmm. uh, were signed up for Star Trek Phase 2. So these guys were getting actually paid weekly. Be doing like yeah, yeah, Star Trek yeah. Theory. So <laughs> this kind of blew up the budget. So that's kind of the background there. So like, um, yeah... So, and yeah, like one of the things there that you mentioned as well about how Star Wars um, reinvigorated the sci-fi market and kind of brought it uh, more kind of populist and mainstream. And, um, you know, th- there, were, there was a big fear that I came across as well when I was researching the movie from Gene Roddenberry that uh, kind of w- what we touched on in the last podcast as well about sci-fi fantasy and science fiction. Uh, Gene was always a big fan about creating thought-provoking you know real stories set in the future rather than fantasy and uh, one of the marketing campaigns for it was basically you know we, we all know the motion picture uh, movie poster that epic you know three kind of color kind of rainbow-esque um, image and at the bottom of it was just saying no comparison because they didn't want it to be like oh this is just star wars trek you know and um one of these kind of main things for the movie was no space battles <laughs> you know and if you look at it you know yeah that that stands through it's a very cerebral should i say that dangerous word in today's trek um cerebral movie as well but um it's just it's great and you know chris came up with some great information there as well about how Things could have been very different for us, couldn't they? Could have. I think, realistically, I think, like, if Paramount had decided to go with the TV series Phase 2, I think, I don't think we'd be here talking about Star Trek, and I don't think we would have been initially 50 years on celebrating Star Trek. I think the movies was kind of, it was the right direction to go with the crew. Like, realistically, could we have seen, to get the, like... When was the last um, undiscovered country hit the cinema? It was, oh, it was in the nineties anyway. I'm nearly sure. Yeah, uh, which was, you know, for me growing up, and I don't know your background as like, I didn't have a VCR player when I was growing up. So for me, I think the first movie that I seen, I seen the end of the Rattacan, and like I had already started seeing TOS on reruns on BBC. I think it was BBC, kind of had a, yeah. On, five o'clock or six o'clock in the afternoon which is great and then sky one or sky yeah managed to take it over and it sky just show everything over and over again which was great so pretty much got plenty of uh what re-watched the same episode of cos it was fantastic so mm. i think my early memories of a star trek movie was the end of the rat can and i was like oh! <laughs> <laughs> see star trek three and then i remember one christmas just out i i, I remember i think the mother was getting the dinner ready and the whole lot at Christmas, this is how much of a Star Trek fan I was when I was a kid, and uh, the motion picture just happened to come on, and yeah. uh, that's it. Now door closed. I am going nowhere. I am watching it. So it was nearly pretty much the third movie for me to see. Yeah. Back then we weren't all spoiled. We didn't have these. And I was, uh, as I said, it was a good year for uh, 
the motion pictures to come out because I was only born. <laughs> That's a, I, I wasn't even a glint in someone's eye at that stage. <laughs> Did one so, but, uh, the one great thing that I would actually love to hear comments is any of you guys that happen to be mm. around and the build up to this movie coming out. I know there was a whole with getting Leonard Nimoy back and you know what I mean? Look, it's, it, it, it's, it's one of these things that like, again, uh, as I said, like going into when you look at what I said previously, like, and I know there's a lot of JJ bashing and stuff like that, but like, if you go like think of the TOS guys and you can, you can see their perspective on why they feel so strongly about the prime timeline and so forth is, as I said, we are probably the generation that had the next generation and so forth like that. Yeah. We've seen this whole thing develop and TOS at the time, there was no TOS. FASA came about. It was such a huge, you know, hitting NASA for letters and getting the space shuttle renamed Enterprise. Like that's that's a mean feat. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic for any kind of any fans. Best fans, Star Trek like fans, fanatics. So I would love to hear just when you heard this movie was coming out, what the build up was, because I know it's huge build up for the 50th and with JJ. And I know we said we probably wouldn't touch touch too much on, on JJ but I would like to know I know with the DVDs you get and sometimes the special features as well they show all the the, tiered, uh, the, the trailers and I know there's mm. a couple of th- uh, theatrical trailers that didn't show too much but there was one trailer that kind of slapped out the Enterprise refit and I just want to know what, what, was that actually realistic did you just actually see that because I've heard other people turn around and say spoiler alert <laughs> yeah I've heard other people comment and say you know you heard their views and when they seen it I, I, I heard about Doug queuing up for ages to get in and see the premiere at, at, at New York and then just that whole once they seen the refit bang you know what I mean I think I, I, like, it, it, I just want to hear those comments yeah it's, it <laughs> would be really good like just the hype you know yeah. what, what you saw in the build up because again you can kind of draw some parallels between the motion picture and listen don't kill me internet uh, between the reboot you know, it's yeah. the we had NX being cut in its prime. Uh, in my perspective, it was a slow burn uh, enterprise. I mean, um, but it, it was ended way too short. And then there was just that gap with nothing. Um, but the drive and the market just maintained, and the conventions and stuff like that as well. So the power of the people um, has brought it back, and we see the fruits of that as well with um, three movies, a new TV series coming as well. So, what was the hype? comparable or you know even more so back uh in the late 70s between the animated series the original series and the motion pictures as well so yeah very interesting point and um you know like i think with that gap i think it was worth the wait because we do have such a gem of a movie chris you know um some some flaming things like the the scene that we're looking at there now is um kirk talking to scotty after he beams up uh from the um, starfleet command and we're missing the command yellow the you know engineering red we're looking at uniforms here and i know hot topic with the reboot is like what have they done but you know there's the, there's the evolution there's trials and errors as well but like visually for me with the odd little issues here and there with uniforms and stuff um it's a stunning movie and you know you mentioned that there if the movie wasn't on the plate and we went with phase two would we still be talking about trek maybe not because just the impact of a theatrical release you know the the ballet of the shuttle just flying gracefully around that prolonged 
reveal of the Enterprise. You know, it's just, you know, you throw out movies like 2001 A Space Odyssey. We talked about Star Trek and, you know, Close Encounters. Some fantastic, like Kubrick. Um, we have George Lucas and Steven Spielberg there. You know, these guys, you know, I to some degree probably inspired Robert Wise to do this, you know, orchestra in space um not to the same scale as uh, 2001 and stuff but um it really just grabbed you by the the jewels and uh, yes. just wouldn't let go and mixing mixing in that rich visual style that star trek has with i think a really really good story and the story from what i've researched was in flux like when they were even shooting the movie they didn't have an ending and like even kirk or kirk even uh Shatner was um, pitching ideas and stuff, which f fell on deaf ears. But, like, you know, you touched about the Phase 2 story being migrated over to the motion picture. But this story, uh, Gene was trying to push a, an encounter with God, which we did see later on in the franchise. And um, there was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then there was um, the possibility of time travel um, to uh, prevent the Kennedy assassination as well, which... We didn't really see, but again, we had time travel uh, show up later on in the franchise as well with the voyage home and stuff. But we ended up on V'ger, you know, this mysterious protagonist, you know, lurching. Like, it's like you're seeing the inevitability of death coming towards you. Like, it's not rushing. It's just this, like, we're it's four days out. It's two days out. And it's surrounded by this cloud and it's just creeping. And we see and we see chris we see the klingons and we see the close-up of the katinga like man that gave me goosebumps you know and just the wicked angles of it and yes we see the new klingons the ridges and yeah. all like i gotta shut up now in a second at you talk but um talking about klingons you know tip of the cat to uh, scotty uh james he came up with the language for the bases the syntax of the klingon language which you know, sprouted a whole following, cult following and dictionary and everything like that as well, you know, but um, what, 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 doing a bit of a rewind, what were your feelings when you saw the Enterprise, for example? I mean, it's, it's, it's breathtaking, breathtaking. Um, I'm glad Mac got back to, you know what I mean? Because I've seen him do a review somewhere else and he talked about the, the Dreadnought, the, uh, <laughs> or sorry, not Matt now, I've Rick. seen um, Rick. Rick, yeah. On about one of his designs, Rick Sternback, that I mean? is, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like lost a lot, you know what I mean? Kind of like he just doesn't like it. So, you know, it's great to go back to the original designer and what he did. Come here, I've, I've got right, we've got this the, the beautiful classic. You know, I don't care what people say, and I have to say, like, this I, I love it, and I think. You don't really appreciate it too much if you look at the, the original series through um without being remastered. And yeah. I know there's people that don't like the remastered versions, but okay, if you don't like the remastered, don't watch them. Go to D Space Nine, <laughs> Trials of Tribulations, where yeah. all of a sudden you actually have a better appreciation for this design. Now I know I'm kinda of like I was born nineteen seventy nine, we've got the Enterprise D, so forth like that. So we're kind of spoiled. So back in the sixties I'd imagine as it was, was absolutely amazing. But I think the appreciation for that design in Trials and Tribulations, like that really, to me, kind of, I warmed more for it. But then, the motion picture, and like this is, the, of all times. The lady herself. The lady it's, herself. It's 
it's absolutely beautiful. Now, I know people can turn around and criticize that, you know, it's a completely brand new ship. Uh, I know we have Mr. Scott's guide and so forth going through the refit and so forth like that. But like, to me, look, come here, it's a space frame. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can push it out, make it wider. It's just, just a shuttle bay. Like, the nacelles are an easy enough thing. We've seen it in everything. Like, they come off, they come on. So, like, yeah, it's you know, the freaking future as well. They can do what they want. <laughs> Star Trek from here on in, anyway, kind of covers these things up a lot better. But as far as my justification is, like, it's the space frame that they use. And I think as well, when you look at the history of the Enterprise, you know, and look what the Federation do as well. The logo's changed at this point now. And it is from, thanks very much to, I can't remember your name, for proving my point, it was a five-year mission that they celebrated. So the Enterprise is back in after 25 years of service. So I think there's a whole thing with Starfleet as well. You can kind of see there's the Federation, like Federation logo, and now you've got the Enterprise's logo pretty much on everybody's shirt, which is cool. So I suppose when you look back then, this was a big deal for Starfleet. They are relaunching the the iconic rebranding, yeah, Starship Enterprise, making it ready for after 25 years so in that sense it's cool the visual effects the paint job you know the pearlescence the way it just hops off the camera the details yeah. is just amazing and then the sense as well that i really like about it and i think it really continued forward like i suppose in the original series where you've seen in tos the main thing that they always focused on was the zooming at the bridge to show you where the bridge was yeah but straight bang in this like you got you got to see, you know what I mean? There was real thought put into where every area was. You mm. have the officer's um, observation deck, which you can actually clearly see at the back. It's the, the windows down by the... Where bridge. you can see the warp sled shuttle coming into dock later on in the movie. I don't know why people like that Vulcan show. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, it's not one of my favourites. It could do it a window. It could do it a window. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I like it. I, I do to their own yeah it's, it, you know what i mean everyone you're wrong own. chris you're wrong but <laughs> yeah. well, i think you know the sense of where everything was where kirk and scotty dock and you know what i mean they're close to the engineering section i think then as well when you move inside the ship as well and it was one of the features that they did bring up that they really did want to get these things right so first time we see the brand new warp core and i think it was the enterprise Ooh. the refit was starting to have the eject core that was down yeah so we have our warp core and then coming out we have the tunnels and if you look back in the distance then it splits off into the v fantastic it gives you the sense of scale a purpose a purpose for the design Abs- absolute practicality we see a cool new warp core now com- compared to the old engine room but at the same time you know what i mean i i i, I used to love the old engine room on the yeah TOS. it was so roomy now I know at one point they added in this central piece, but it was so roomy. So like you know what I mean, fight scenes were absolutely brilliant. They had all the like, <laughs> yeah. like a wrestling ring at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, and like yeah. you know, one thing that I touched upon um, on the original side, going back to Jeffrey's, like Star Trek, it, it's almost like a naval TV show as well. Like the spaceship is like a submarine, and again, the design of the original ship internally was. Uh, very naval like again um kind of utilitarian not 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 many frills to be honest with you and small confined rooms now there was quite a variety of rooms in the original series like and again we saw um people's quarters where they were painting and, and stuff like that as well but then we look at the refit and we have the rec room 
you know we have that great scene where we can pretty much see almost the entire crew which a nice little factoid there as well there's a huge amount of actual fans people who are responsible for doing the mass mailing to you know rename the enterprise shuttle and get enterprise back on so i thought that was really cool and they all got paid but um one nice little thing as well most of them didn't cash their checks because they were like i'm keeping this i'm framing it It was like Nice, I, I, nice. <laughs> did you cash the check? No, but who did I? There was someone. I don't know whether it was like John Wayne or um, Moore from James Bond said that he used to pay stuff by check because no one would ever cash it because it was a signature. So like everything was free. But like like we see these new, you know, venues and um, again a purpose to design as well. And you can see the hints for the next generation. You know, the kind of those half corridors. And I actually prefer the half corridors where you see that kind of slanting wall, but then it's it's vertical on the interior. So you're, you're seeing the kind of cylindrical effect of the saucer section as well. But um, is it is it a bit too cushy of a ship? I don't think so. You know, again, no, Starfleet are rebranding. It's not a battleship. You know, I don't it's, think it's too cushy of a ship. If you look, it's, what, it's mentioned in like there's a crew of 300. Now, we know previously beforehand the Enterprise had a crew in and around wasn't it? Five, 500 mark. Mm. So um, it was great to have that scene in the rec deck that they had like 300 extras. Yeah. It's fantastic. Awesome. And again, for the fans. So like if you consider, you know what I mean? We know at this point as well, um, going back to true designs, you know, the Enterprise could actually saucer separate yeah. uh, in case of emergency and was in the concept the, there. Sec- the section could was the only part that could actually land on a planet as far as i know um but you know imagine you know imagine if you're in engineering and uh you know you have to evacuate and those those small cars i would call them that cushy you know you're all racing to drive yeah, yeah let's yeah let's get out of uh, this, uh, the secondary hull and get up to the primary hull oh it's, it's not cushy i think the scale i think the one great thing to do but just the scale i think the, the practical sense that they always did and you, you, you took on with what, what Matt did was he went military, you know what I mean? He used his head. He had a ship. He had a scale purpose. I think when you go on to the D as well, I think initially the design for the D was, I think, that it could accommodate up to 5,000. And Gene turned around and said, look, we can't afford all those extras. Yeah. They brought it down to 1,000. But like in that, like the design sense then crept in that, okay, the, the D is like, as I'd always call her, Rolls Royce of the fleet that you know, all of us, yeah, uh, yeah, luxury, and then like big massive science desk, uh, science labs, and so forth, like that. And I believe there's like an aquarium in there somewhere for uh, aquatics to where know, else is Picard going to get his fish from? <laughs> yeah, so, the design aspect is perfect, the scale aspect is absolutely brilliant. I know we're kind of like running away from not talking about the movie actually so um but you know the ship is like it's 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 presented in such a way in the movie as well and like there's there's a lot of talk obviously we see the visuals you know and one one really nice thing i picked up recently was when the ship is pulling out and you see the little people you know in their spacesuits and like there's one particular dude or woman doing like a backflip you know just (laughs) you're like yeah but um Thing. I think that's yeah. It just seemed to be a, this thing of anything around the seventies. That's it. That's like get the spacewalk. Um, we yeah. were forgetting as well. Um, another cool support craft that was introduced at this point was uh, the little uh, Whoopi. Yeah, 
you little things. Exactly. And we saw like the internal of the, 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 the shuttle bay being kind of like a multi-story uh, thing as well with the, the worker bees coming in with their little cargo and stuff like that. Again, thoughtful design because the drive section arcs down so you can see this tiered effect as well. Really, really cool. But yeah, for me, and I've always said it in previous discussions online that the ships are as much a, of a character as any of the actors you know and that discussion maintained its way through when kirk okay in all fairness i like kirk but that was a dick move taking back the enterprise you know the way that it was done you know all the crew knew and then hey captain decker you know i'm taking back the center chair you know that was a bit of a dick move well decker didn't know yeah Yeah, but but then it's like they're talking about the ship you know like you don't know the ship and then the phasers are um, filtered into the warp core and all this kind of cool stuff. So they still talk about the ship quite a lot throughout the movie as well. I think when you look at it as well, like I think uh, Will Decker was absolutely like a very, very hard thing to do. Yet two characters come into it. Uh, Will Decker was absolutely fantastic. And background story to him was that actually it was written in that like Will Decker was Matt Decker's son, which unfortunately, yes, guys, Doomsday, not. Canon. <laughs> it wasn't mentioned on screen, but, but look, it was. Hey, it was mentioned in the script. It was mentioned in the script. I don't know. It, it, it's still kind of hard to. Is there it, a line? It's, it's one of the events, but I would class that as canon, and I think it's absolutely fantastic because you got to realize as well. It makes sense as well. Like Kirk has recommended Decker. Will Decker for captain of the Enterprise. Maybe out of you know, as you've seen in the Doomsday, like. Kirk had a lot of respect for Decker. And to me, if his son went through the academy, I think Kirk would kind of keep an eye out on this guy. I think his character is absolutely fantastic. You kind of look and say, the only problem I had with kind of the motion picture is, you know, they signed up all the original crew and you barely get anything out of them. Um, There's a Durana kill Chekhov. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God they didn't. The big, the big uh, scene of Chekhov actually, talking slow, torpedoes away. <laughs> uh, he actually burned himself uh, when the, the scene with the... That's when the, right, yeah, when it know, exploded. Oz, you know, but, uh, you know, I suppose you could... If you were to kind of... One or two faults I found with the movie, if you were kind of trying to go back and rewrite write a bit of a thing, I think to me personally, it would have been great if Sulu was captain of the Enterprise. And then, kind of, but I like, know... Sulu kind of graciously stepped down. Um, but then again, it's kind of like a Sulu's character that, you know, to point out to Kirk, uh, uh, hello, you've been sitting in an office for so long. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you haven't computer, logged a single space hour. <laughs> uh, that would have been interesting to me because then it's the next kind of stepping stone that, like, Haley becomes captain of the Excelsior to me. But, you know, it's easy to go back and look at these things and say, yeah. what you um Spock's mind meld and the whole Spock thing that he senses a supreme intelligent life it's a bloody machine guys come on <laughs> but it has a consciousness now it's 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 sentient I, 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 I find that I know there's a consciousness there but like it's 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 come here like you know all of a sudden Spock can connect with the Enterprise's computer it's yeah they lost it there like that, that part was a bit <laughs> <laughs> like that whole my, there was no need for it uh, he could have just gone out trying to okay you know the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many I'm gonna just jump in the suit and see what's you know don't endanger the ship yeah. fair enough yeah um, the mind melting kind of 
got me. And another little gripe, you know, at the same time, I suppose, when you look at Space Odyssey uh, 2001, it's been years since I've seen that movie, but yeah, again, because I like space and anything like that, I can remember yeah. it. So, and it's very kind of a lot is focused on camera work and so forth. And mm-hmm. I know as well with Star Trek compared to Star Wars, like special effects was a huge thing. And I think realistically, I think they went a little bit too, too heavy. far with special effects. I forgot about the story because to me, I think the story is amazing. You know, if it you kind of, if you cut out a, a couple of the long drawn scenes of like focusing on the special effects, the wormhole, where to cut that down. I don't mind the wormhole too much. I don't like um, it. Could have been a little bit shorter. It had to prove a point that, you know what I mean, Kirk didn't know his ship. Another cool thing as well, which I think is deadly in the thought of, of what went on, is that McCoy retired. And to yeah. me, it makes sense. And he gets drafted but, back. like. Yeah, well, if you look at it, Kirk went, you know, from being a captain of a starship. And, you know what I mean, McCoy was more than a doctor. Like, McCoy is the first counselor that we have ever seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was he was he was Kirk's counselor. Yeah. You know, any time throughout TOS, the hand of the captain, he was his voice of reason. So Kirk is now sitting in a desk job. You know what I mean? What's McCoy gonna do? Is he is his personal doctor? Should they're all wearing those stupid patches on the uniform? Suppose he tie you into the ship's uh, medical bay. That's right. Yeah. So you know, it makes sense that like you know, kind of redundant. So, and Chapel became an MD. Yeah, but like it was great that you know what I mean. McCoy is retired, and to bring him back, you know, and it makes sense. I love that line. So why is everything out there we don't understand? It's called a thing, Bridget. Yeah, you know I mean, and yeah. He's got some of the best lines ever. He, he has, like, but like to me, it was McCoy, Spock, Shatner, Decker. That's really it. Yeah, the rest were yeah, the rest were kind of background, you know. I has a lovely thing. The IE, anyone that can pull off the feet and get her back, will have her ready to launch in twelve hours. It wasn't really anything that great. Talking about the uniforms, favorite one would have to be Kirk's Admiral uniform. At the start, we were saying that they're getting beamed up. Oh, the, the 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 split, the white, and the yeah, yeah. That that is pretty good. The kind of pastel uniforms that they turned into, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the the onesies. The onesies. They hated them. They hated them. Shat, we have Shatner to tank. We have Will Shatner to tank uh, because he voiced the concerns of many of the actors. They couldn't get out of things and they needed help. Yeah, it was in the clause for the next movie. <laughs> Different uniforms. <laughs> imagine now when we know this. Imagine that scene with all those Star Trek fans <laughs> in the rec room. <laughs> And like they're filming for about an hour or two hours and like about 50 or 60 people need a toilet break and they're stuck yeah. in these onesies and they can't get out. Probably, there's probably about 10 hours to record like the four minute scene. <laughs> well, fair play to Shannon. I'm not going to go too much in the uniforms. What's to come? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to do that. But uh, another good uniform I thought like as well was the engineering. I thought that kind of made a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think the evolution as well, like you can just like, you know what I mean? Like I, like, I know in Star Trek 2 they still have those uniforms and then like they start to disappear but i think you can easily describe that as the evolution of technology and advancements in you know how to be around a warp core how to protect yourselves from radiation and all that so i, I liked that kind of part where and you know okay they didn't have it in tos but if you look it's a completely different engine room um you know what i mean probably mm-hmm. better shielded and in 
maybe with the, the Enterprise. Now, again, you got to look at the Klingons. They have upgraded their ship, and I like that just to Klingons. It's, 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 oh, it's carbon copy of the E7. The Klingons haven't done too much. That's Klingons. Look, like, if it that, works. that bridge, you know, the, 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 the support pylons, like, it's a bit like a brick house and stuff like that. And, oh, so yeah. cool. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, the the engineering uniforms to me makes a lot of sense as well. So I don't know what what did you think of the uniforms? I, I I'd agree with you on a lot. Um, I did I did miss the, I did I didn't like the kind of homogenization of the uniforms where it's like everyone's almost all in the same color. You know, um, it's one of the nice things about Trek was the the palette. You know, and I know it changed like command went from yellow to red and the other way around and so on and so forth but it, it was always good and like you know i'm not going to go into it now for the for the next podcast uh but the the uniforms do go through multiple evolutions and they and they i think they hit their pinnacle very soon in in trek you know but i i won't talk about that but you know it's something new you know they're they're bringing trek back on and they're they're, they're trying things you know it's an evolution yeah. Just like the reboot as well, not to kind of go into too much about that. Um, what I'm looking at on the screen now, just to let you know, it's the, the Enterprise is just pulling out of the space dock now. Just just, just to tease you, I know you can see it, but everyone at home can see it there yeah, now in our glory. And I know you can hear it, uh, or the people at home can hear it, but we have um, Mr. Goldsmith's epic score, which was so loved by Mr. Roddenberry. We saw it in The Next Generation. Yeah, you, you had um he he did a lot of uh, music work for, for Star Trek, and I think that was another thing as well. I think throughout the year of Fair Play to Jane, I know at one point Star Trek had the largest orchestra on TV at one point mm. uh, for Next Generation. So he was very big in the music score and a whole lot. And I think the orchestra is fantastic. The music in this one, I think it's very dark. And I think that's evidence of sci-fi around the time. And I know what you got. I think the music going forward gets better. But the TNG, that's brilliant. And like the music gets better and better. It, like it, but it grows. I know. I know you're talking about the, the darkness of it as well. But like, you know, that kind of like, it's like a bass slap kind of whatever that is, you know, like, oh, bad guys. You know, and like the the the, the Klingon, like din, 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 din. you're like, oh yeah, like that that's that's Klingon. You know, it's it's very it's very distinctive as well. But yeah, it does go through an evolution throughout the the, the movie franchise as well. But yeah, that score, that score, man. Um, one thing that I do have to say, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, Kirk's uniform. Okay, now why is he wearing a captain's uniform? Even though he's an admiral. Now, now, maybe I'm wrong and I'm reading it wrong, but I, I was kind of really looking into this and just trying to check. And I, I did did like one thing that they did carry over was the the command from the original series. Oh, the the wrist. The, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I'm looking now. Maybe I'm wrong. So maybe someone can correct me or get, give. But like, I just see the two and the little dash dash, which would indicate the captain. Now, I know in his admiral thinks he has kind of like two kind of ranks there but from TOS to that that just seems wrong now yeah maybe it's his way of I'm not an admiral anymore I'm a captain <laughs> yeah like there was that line when he he's talking to Deckard that they, they give him a temporary grade reduction to commander you know 
there was no reason for that. He could have been left as captain, but just in a, in a commander role. So would you use the same argument for Kirk that he got a temporary um, grade reduction? How would Kirk have felt if Decker went onto the bridge of the Enterprise and just turned around and go, Kirk? Oh, yeah. You're a commander. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Like, you know, um, like we saw when uh, the whole torpedo phaser scene in the wormhole, and then he's like, he's just sitting there and you can see him stewing. And then he's like, Decker, I want to see you in my quarters. And he's like, why did you countermand? And he tells him, and he's like, Yes, you you made the right decision. You you can go now, <laughs> you know. Well, I think that was a big big important scene. I think it was very very done well. And then the acceptance of Kirk, yes, and Decker, which was fantastic. And Alia, she's a, an interesting character. She's very kind of the Delton. Del- yeah, very kind of Vulcan esque, except very passionate in a certain kind of way. That's one of the things about the Deltons, wasn't it? I, I don't like she she did say like her her. Um, her kind of—it's on record that she's yeah. she's not very uh, you know active, and um, but like I, I researched, I could it could be wrong, like but that um, that that's one of the things about the Deltons that like they have like such strong pheromones and stuff like that that like a human probably couldn't survive. I don't know what Decker did, but um, that's all just suggestion. But um, yeah, like I thought she was great. And yeah. she actually did shave her head for for the movie, like you know, it's um. Burns taken out just in case it didn't grow back. I believe there was, there was, there was. But like her, and this, this is me being a guy, but like her coming back onto the scene after uh, Vijay took her and came back as the robot, and she's like, she's in the the sonic shower, if you would call it that, and then like she's like, okay, you're in a miniskirt now and uh, high heels and all this stuff, and like like even when she's walking down to Vijay through this kind of like obelisk kind of. It's almost like, um, I don't know what it's like, but it's basically all this kind of really rough terrain and she's walking along in her high heels and stuff. It's it's kind of funny as well. But yeah, she's a um, very, very, very strong character on screen, I thought. That's one thing that I do have to say, which was another great thing about, and I think it it, it is Star Trek, uh, you know what I mean? And Gene is kind of like, he knows where to put acknowledge, but like that whole episode is very much tribute to NASA or sorry that that movie is a tribute to, to oh, NASA I know some people might six. Of, yeah. you know oh this is kind of like a re- reboot of Nomad um, you know from that TOS episode but yeah. to me look, I think and I think we can go into something else from here okay Vider brilliant tribute to NASA the second part about the, the tribute to NASA was seeing the space shuttle in the rec room as well so yeah, that's kind of like hey thumbs up NASA we appreciate it. And I think from that as well, it kind of got a lot of people into joining NASA. Mm-hmm. I mean, going on and being a, an ambassador and getting females into yeah. NASA. So like, that's kind of like, it's great, you know? So I think, you know, the whole V'ger idea was absolutely fantastic. But we talk about this theory. Okay. All right. There's a theory out there. And, um, I can't wait for the debate that this is going to bring. But, like, we've touched on V'ger. And, like, the, the, what we know about V'ger in the movie was that uh, Will, Will Decker was talking about Voyager 6 was reported to have gone into a, a black hole. And um, through the mind meld and the information that V'ger gives us that it crashes onto a machine planet, one of their own, and um, basically the rebuilder, uh, I say her because all spacecraft are ladies and um, her primary mission is to gather information and bring it home and Kirk says that she's gathered so much information 
that uh, she has gained consciousness. And uh, obviously there's this big need in the movie at the end for the creator to join with V'ger. Like she, she, she even sabotages herself at the end. Now, theory is, is, Vi- is V'ger or Voyager the genesis of the Borg? Because we see Machine Planet, we see what in all sense of purpose of it is an assimilation of organic into machine and there's that one line as well that spock has i'm just looking over here to my notes the line spoken by commander spock any show of resistance would be futile and we all know resistance is always futile if you're not messing with the enterprise that is um there's a lot of grounds to it like you know ilea is kidnapped and like as the ships aren't destroyed they're assimilated they're they're digitized and absorbed storage I, you know, I mean, it's, it's actually Vidra's just literally taking the ships and stored them. Yeah, you know, so reverse three D printing almost. You know, yeah. and like we see That's, this. Actually, the easiest way to, to to probably sum it up will be like transporter technology. Yeah, you know what I mean. That wave that comes out it's in the buffer. Just, exactly. Just like relics. You know, we saw Scotty sitting in the exactly. buffers, going around, tied in by the warp core. When Spock goes through, yeah, that's kind of like the transportable for where that this is all the stuff that Vijay has actually the data that's connected yeah. for Vader. You know, but like that, the, this the, the compulsion of the machine, and then the integration of organics. I'm not saying it's fact. I'm just saying it's a possibility. You know, this could be because Vijay just sent off its way again, and does it get this like logical need that uh, it needs to gain information through assimilation and. We see it come back around. Who knows? Um, I think the cool thing about it is what you call it. They they have never kind of steered away. Oh, you're gone sideways. Resistance is futile for those at home. Resistance is futile. <laughs> there we go. See there. Um, I think I do think that it's a great way for. How the Borg came to created. be. Um, I think there's a lot of things that make sense, and I'm amazed they never really touched on it. I'm a little bit upset that they haven't. And uh, sorry, I'm just getting bombarded by phone calls now. Unfortunately, this is the disadvantage of using your telephone. Call, like, <laughs> Do not disturb. <laughs> the video yeah, it would be great um, to see the genesis oh, of the Borg. Yeah, uh, everything that they've done is for you. Look at it straight away that uh, Voyager went through a black hole. So, again, with a black hole, we could have went back in time. Mm. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of like a tyranny with black holes. Time kind of gets altered and stuff like yeah. that. So, I mean, thrown back well back in time. Um, goes onto the machine planet, gets fixed up, grand, you know what I mean? It has a strong urge to go back, find its creator, and give it all the information. So, it travels along, it's collecting up all this information, gets its consciousness, goes to Earth, Grand gets with Decker, gets with and, Decker, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there's just this kind of a, a emergence of organic and machine. Vijay hmm. is very childlike. We do know that, yeah. And um, which Vijay being very, very childlike, Vijay seems like it's a very, very strong character. So I don't think the merger goes as well as you know what they they kind of hope. Hmm. 
I think that machine element of Vidra is just still there. You know what I mean? It's the logic, the machine, yeah. Yeah. Assimilation, assimilate information for perfection. So I just think it's so Borg like. It's plausible. Vidra just kind of goes. The other thing as well that you got to realize, and I was thinking a lot because we were discussing this. We know that there's a certain ship that would be being constructed at this moment in time. The Excelsior. The yeah. Great experiment. That's true. And what kind of uh, what kind of transport did the Excelsior use? Transwarp. And what did the Borg use? Yeah. Mm. So you know what I mean. Decker. Didn't think about that. Because if you look at Decker's character, he's so up on the refit. He is. You know, he he knows. He knows. He knows his technology. He knows his stuff. So if he knows all that, with the Enterprise refit, he knows that the Excelsior is on the drawing board. It's in the process of being built. Experimental drive. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Ooh, spicy. So, you know what I mean? Maybe this is the first kind of assimilation. Yeah. Federation doesn't even know about that. Vidra has assimilated transwarp technology. From... Like, on the early drawing boards. Ah. Interesting. Interesting. Like, I, I, I think there's enough about it that you can't... You can't, like, just swipe it away. It's it's plausible. That's the thing about it. I'm not saying what we're saying here is not fact. It's not canon, but there's a plausibility about it that's very interesting. And as you said, Vidra is a child, and does that child mature over however long to become the first queen? And obviously, yeah. being machine can't you know have its own you know progeny. That again is through assimilation. We get the drones and so on and so forth. But like obviously in the movie, in the original movie. Primarily, what, what what I'm showing down here and what we're talking about is just the original theatrical release. But obviously, that was re released in a director's cut, and we actually did see Viger, uh the cloud disbanded, and we see that very you know um, aquatic kind of cylindrical looking ship with the prongs coming off it as well. But again, not very Borg like, but in aesthetics, you know the coloring. You know, it's 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 dark. You know, it's it's it it could be Borg. It's not geometric, but um, again, this is very early, early time. You know, yeah, you, you well, never know. Initially, at the start, I don't think you have to worry about the appearance of of the ships or anything like that because the Borg will assimilate, and yeah. that's you know their technology is built up over time. Mm. But like the trans warp theories, there, yeah. you know what I mean. As I said, we see assimilation. Yeah. Um. The other thing as well is speaking of the Borg queens. Ilea. Yeah. Bald head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there is... I don't know whether the guys, when they were doing TNG, when they came up with the Borg, was... Sounds Swedish. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But there was a lot there that, what you call it, if you look at it, can tie back to the motion picture. Yeah. And again, with Vidor, does Vidor know where this black hole is that are, that initially it could go back to then yeah. and as i said could there have been like some form of a time dilation so that you know vidra returned the same way that it, 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 you know what i mean mm. how it got lost in the first place yeah is there time the, the dilation that it goes back and then that gives the borg enough time to yeah you know build up stuff there was never any quote that you know we, we never got any information no 
was the last of the Delta Quadrant. And that's what makes a good movie. You know, yeah. it's, it leaves things open for debate and discussion as well. And like that's one of the nice things about um, kind of swinging back around to the movie as well. Like there's, there's a lot going for it. Obviously, we've talked about, you know, uniforms and stuff like that as well. But it's a fantastic story. And I, I really think, you know, it was very successful. Now, at the time, it was one of the most expensive movies ever made, like 40 something million, 43, 46 million. So, again, there was obviously a lot of hype with sci-fi around the time and i think we're living in an age where that's back again we see a lot of sci-fi games and movies coming back on as well so that kind of hype is back again which is great to see but um you know there's there's so many classic elements there that um we just see coming to fruit in the next generation d space nine voyager and even uh, enterprise later on as well and like it may not have all the love in the world you know you you may not like the movie yourself at all, uh, people watching this at home. But for me, like, uh, like we're, we're thinking about rating it on a five-star basis. Yeah. You know, uh, we could probably do more stars as well with all the features that we've been talking about so far. But, like, for me, like, this is a good solid four out of five. You know, it's not perfect, so I'm not giving it a five. But I'm, I'm looking at the movie in kind of every form, visually, story, uh, visual, visually, um, the style of it, the story, and just how it played some of the characters off. Now, you did touch on a while ago that there were certain characters that really weren't given adequate screen time as well. But, you know, thinking about it as well, this is the rebirth of Star Trek as well. So it's not just going to be a mirror version of the TV show. They have to kind of, you know, intensify it up. And we have the the counterpart Decker and Kirk, you know, um, going on. And the and the massive like impending doom of uh, the Earth being destroyed, possibly. But um, you know, it it really hits so many good things. You know, uh, for me that is, and uh, it's just the genesis of you know so many more movies and TV shows to come as well. But um, yeah, it's it's really good. I I did I did like it a lot. Like so, I I'm giving it a quite a high score. But it's she's a four out of five for me. Believe it or not, I'm also four out of five. Ooh, again. We've got the crew back. Um, it's it's building on. Um, I know it's William Shatner like commented after he's seen it was like we gave it our best shot and didn't really think that it would go anywhere. And then I think later on his quote would you know what sure what does what does he know? But I think the movie, as I said, I think the only thing is that some things are, are just drawn out. But at the at the time, that was now, the style. again, I wasn't going to the cinemas in 1979. So I love to hear back from. And comment and let me know, but I think at the style from looking back at some of the like that was kind of you know it was real these what we can do uh, with film now, and uh, you know if you cut some of those elements down, it's a fantastic story, which you know which is all things Trek. I, I think like as as I said in the previous video, you know sometimes they they, they do a great story and they, they run away with it, but I think the story is actually there, and you know just cut some things down. Yeah. Come here, it's a great movie, so that's why I'm getting it for just to cut some things back. I think seeing the Enterprise again, the redesign, I think as well, the stepping stone, what 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 it leads to next is absolutely fantastic. And I know the next movie's done on a much less budget. Um, you know, you gotta realise as well that like Gene had no experience doing a feature length movie. Yeah. Um so Paramount put a lot of trust in him. And they learned not to kind of give him the open checkbook. 
So it was kind of like his <laughs> yeah. first experience doing this as well. So, you, you know, I think we're kind of lucky the way that, you know, it did bring in money. Mm. It wasn't a complete flop, apart from how much they spent. But, like, uh, it finished off top five. It was in the top five for the US that year film, and it actually outdid Alien. So, you know, Alien came sixth. So, you know, it, it, that is a feat in itself. So, um, look, it's it's a solid four for me. The storyline's mm. there. Uh, the visuals are there. They might be just too drawn out. The music's there. It's a bit dark at times. A yeah. dark for a Star Trek movie, but no. Solid four. Excellent, excellent. And yeah, you know, as you said, mentioned there, things drawn out. It is among one of the longer movies, uh, over two hours as well, in comparison to the other theatrical releases that we all became familiar with as well but yeah listen it'd be great to hear what you guys think you know what what, what do you give the movie four out of five and uh, what are your highs and lows and you know theories of the movie as well because again that's what the comment section is below for um you know we want to hear from you you're listening to us but we want to listen to you as well but um you know i'm sure we missed a few things there but you know it's the, the uh, my whole reason for doing a podcast like this is to inspire you to go now and watch the movie you know because these are just our opinions you know they're not your opinions you know um so go go on if you're in the uk and ireland um oh no it's not on netflix actually in in the uk it's only the tv um go buy it buy the director's cut just go watch it's the movie it's out now on blu-ray and, uh, i've seen a blu-ray version of it actually i'd have to say it's uh i only got it got halfway i've seen an old version i've seen a blu-ray and i'm like yeah kind of like re-watching some of the tng um, episodes as well until I started falling back in love with TOS as well at the same time I think the two of us are doing the same kind of the remastered rewatch you know, the, the so Blu- good Blu-ray remastered is absolutely fantastic yeah. um, and we are not sponsored by the way yeah, <laughs> not yet anyone wants to sponsor us no problem <laughs> <laughs> just hang on to hold your horses don't initially buy it out I know there's kind of um, there's got to be a cool kind of a uh, CD or DVD collection coming out. Uh, all oh, the first, all the first um, steel box set, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, all the movies. So it has all the movies and everything. So and episodes and uh, animated series and stuff like that. So that's wonderful. so good, so good. That'd so be a joy to add to the collection. Now, um, I think we're kind of going to wrap it up there. But what we're going to try and do for our podcast as well is we're we're going to tag in the Trek minute at the end to kind of talk about kind of news and stuff like that. Now, um. One one thing that I forgot to kind of mention to yourself, Chris, uh, before this, I, I'm very sorry, but uh, one rumor I have heard, for those of you watching over here in Ireland and the UK, obviously Star Trek 2017 is going to be on CBS All Access uh, in the long term, the 13 episodes. I think the first episode, Chris, is that's coming out on regular TV over in America, isn't it? Just to kind of I didn't hear that one. That's, up. that's great. Possibly, but I have heard that um, possibly... And listen, if there's any credence, let me know in the comment section below that um, Sky are going to be getting the uh, Star Trek 2017 over here. Because obviously there's no CBS uh, all access on this side. So it does, it does, it's possible that it's going to be uh, a broadcast episode, um, a broadcast series over here for us. But um, if anyone's heard that or um, any other information, let me know in the comment section below. But that's one thing that I've come across lately. So, uh, have you come across anything yourself? Yeah, I heard a rumor on going into Beyond about the Franklin that she has landing gears. Mm. 
Interesting. Akin to Voyager. Yeah, I think so. So that kind of makes sense. I hope they're not tiny. I know we're talking about future ships and technical abilities are vastly superior to what we have. But those features, look, they were so itty-bitty. You know, I wish they were a little bit bigger. <laughs> but otherwise, than that track, well, I suppose what's going to be, we all know about what you, uh, Sulu is now gay in Star Trek Beyond. In, well. in, in reboot bit. canon, he's, he's gay. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Takei, his, his responses, he wasn't over the moon um, by it. Uh, he believes that uh, Gene wrote the part for a straight character so we're kind of he's they're contravening what was already set out so that that was, that was his main point you know i can see that it was a tribute i like yeah i like it you know i can see where, where a, simon it, was coming from it is from. a nice tribute and i do know that uh george had actually at one point spoken to gene about you know having sulu as a gay character of course george back then was very much in the closet and he had spoken to gene about Okay, Sulu, mm-hmm. but Gene was concerned at the time that he had really and truly he was he was pushing the boundaries, pushing his luck. And at the time, I think when George, I think it could have been towards the end of season two, it was going into season three. Season three was kind of a dark day for TOS, but uh, he, he he didn't go with it. So I don't know, maybe maybe George is just kind of a little bit upset that he didn't maybe get to play that role, which I think yeah, it would look if 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 Gene had done it. Back then, wow, that would have been, I, yeah. It could it could have caused a lot of. Yeah, I I can see where Gene was going. Like it, it, like I know um, the first interracial kiss on TV wasn't shown down the south in America. It's like different times, you know. It's 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 all well and good to look back from our perspective now, but the world is so different. And like to me right now, I think it's great because there's a lot of discussion like with Brian Fuller. Um, about how they're going to make Star Trek progressive, you know, LGBTQ and stuff like that. And I don't think this is cheesy. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't come across as like a token statement. You know, uh, I know we're talking about Demora. You know, we saw her in um, Generations and stuff like that as well. But I think they've kind of worked around that as well. They're not just like, she she was never to be. But, um, you know, let us know what you think below as well on that side of things. And, um, we saw as well for you starship lovers out there. Obviously, I'm known for um, Eagle Moss starship starship collection reviews, but um, Ben Robinson and Doug Drexler were very kind in sharing a preview. I stress preview prototype build of the Enterprise J that saw no screen time bar. It being displayed on a screen, and we saw one of the windows when it was. Um, in a battle with the sphere builders but um yeah it's it, jump over to our facebook's uh, chris has some pictures i have some pictures as well um off the ship and um yeah it's again it's breeding a good bit of discussion as well because you either like it or you hate it it's 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 a it's a very futuristic design and uh, yeah it, it's a funny one i like on my facebook page it hasn't since i put up the side view um She's not getting some great uh, likes, but like I think realistically, let's step outside and and, and the one thing about Doug, um, like obviously I I do like his work and stuff like that. And if you do, he, he like he, he, he guys, if you don't know anything about him, like he, he's the biggest devoted Star Trek fan you will ever meet. He did his Check. utmost in Star Trek. Check out his so Facebook. He's, yeah, he's just Trek, and I think what he did with the with the Enterprise J is like 
okay, you can turn around and say, yeah, we again, we can look at Stargate Atlantis and say, like, the Hive ships, uh, you know, but this whole idea that the Enterprise J is actually organically grown. So, you know what I mean? It's so far in the future that, you know, obviously he's sticking to the initial, the two nacelles. Two miles long. It's a universe-class ship. This thing is massive. You are probably talking on the scale. Like, come here, this is going to make JJ's uh, vengeance look like a bug. So, yes. you know, it, it, it's forward thinking. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's the J. I definitely think looking down on above and that one shot when we've seen it going through was amazing. Mm. Side view, however, not as graceful, but... Doug puts a lot of thought into these things. So. It's it's unique. It is unique, and there is a purpose for the design. And the way that the cells, like they're very, very fragile. And again, I think it's he's gone back to Matt, Matt, Matt Jeffries. Jeffries that, yeah. You know, it just doesn't look as though the support struts should actually hold those in the cells. And I think that's kind of paying homage again to the original design. Yeah, which I think is fairly, fairly cool. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, uh, check out our Facebooks if you want to check out some images on that. And, um, yeah, there's so much Trek this year. It's amazing. And just one thing, I wanna, and one thing I want to touch on as well was something that, um, obviously, I've been talking a lot about Trek 17. And there's been a lot of theories out there as well. But um, there was a quote from uh, the Trek Corps website that um they got from brian fuller i i can't i can't remember what interview it was i don't know whether it was from movie phone or collider but um he was talking about the rumors that he saw online about you know being an anthology being you know pre-tng post uh, undiscovered country and he's squashed that down now he hasn't given any other information but um we know that it's going to be 13 episodes in the first season but it's not going to be an anthology like a lot of people are talking about and it's not going to be pre-TNG post-Undiscovered Country. Now, that means it could be, you know, post-Nemesis or it could be pre-the movies again. Personally, I think Star Trek has gone back enough that it's always been a forward-facing franchise. So, my gut feeling is it's going to be down the line. A a, a future um, series again. And um, we're going to see some familiar characteristics but a lot of different dynamics i think possibly we may be looking at a somewhat fractured federation or starfleet because the insignia is has a split in it um on it they're just theories as well but uh, maybe that's if you want to have us talk about trek 17 in a future podcast let us know in the comments below <laughs> but that that was just but something interesting i thought that um i think we said ships and crews i think um the TV series, I, I I do agree. I think it's going to be in the future. I think the idea that's going to be, I think it would be nice to see it set after Star Trek Six. To me personally, and I think be cool. in that sense, it kind of makes sense with ships and crews because of the Federation at that time. I think you know you, you've got the big Romulan threat that obviously does not want the Klingon Federation to uh, join. Mm-hmm. But I think future um, opens the door probably. Maybe after the Enterprise Z, I do not know. I think it's going to be a hard one. Is it going to be an Enterprise? You know, and by rights, I think in fairness, stick with, you know, I know a lot of people would class the Enterprise F as canon, and I do understand Star Trek Online, and it was a competition. Odyssey Odyssey class. I'm not the biggest fan of the Odyssey class, but at the end of the day, is I think it was a competition winner. The design is nice. 
not one of my biggest fans. But I think by rights, if they are going to, go was the, the Odyssey road. a competition? Not the Titan. Yeah, or, it was. What's called? They it did it? a competition to design the Enterprise F. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. So that's 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 what I heard. Mm, so uh, they won, and then part of the prize was that they'd actually design it for them properly. Cool. And uh, it'd be included in the game, and by rights, it should be canon. So I would like to see if, if you're going to go down that road. Don't upset. You know what I mean? Simon, effort done by somebody and did a design yeah you know it's the odyssey class i'm Be not cool. the biggest fan of the odyssey class it is nice but it just there's something about it hmm. but set in the future but i think it's going to be more <clears throat> within the federation yeah as opposed to going out and exploring frontier so, yeah you know because that that would tie into me the whole ships and crews i think for once we're gonna see we did the whole voyager thing well, I think the easiest way to kind of sum it up would probably be like, say the episode of Battlestar Galactica when the Pegasus comes along. You know what I mean? Battlestar Galactica, Pegasus. So we're probably going to have three or four ships. Yeah. Either patrolling a certain section of the Federation. So That'd be cool. That'd yeah, be cool. We're going to have an interrelationship with one or more crews. You know, we'll obviously we'll have the main... Game of Thrones in space. Yes. I know The Expanse. I know that that was a tagline for The Expanse, which is an awesome TV show. Check out The Expanse. But, um, yeah, possibly we could be looking at, you know, Game of Trek or something like that. You know, a lot of different stories going on at once. kind of see, um, you know, like like we heard, like, say going back to TNG, when what you call it, the Enterprise D was patrolling the the Cardassian border. So, like, it's, it's not on its own. It's the flagship and there's... By rights, there's probably about five or six other Federation ships patrolling yeah. that area. So it'd be nice to get that inter- interaction. Yeah. And I think that's what they are going to go for because you got to think you've got one hero ship and then you'll have all these other ships around. Support ships, yeah. To me, it's great. And mm. Ben from Eagle Moss was very excited. Now, a lot of you guys have been giving him such a hard time. Where's the ships? What's going on? Why don't we know how many wars coming? Guys, Soon. be patient with them. Soon. I'm we don't know no right to speak on his behalf, but I am going to throw it out there. He has tweeted beforehand that this is a big year for Star Trek. He has said that, like, what you call it, we've got a new Star Trek series coming up, and we have got, what you call it, we've a new Star Trek movie. So there's lots of ships coming out, and anyone that's kind of in the Trek world, and if you're listening to him and talking to him, a lot of people do know a lot of stuff already. So I do think ship designs have been pretty much nearly sewn up so i think in fairness to ben and in fairness to eagle master there is no point jumping out there doing a whole line of ships and then going ah how are we going to fit in yeah the new star trek how are we going to fit in these beyond ships so i think it was a very wise move to kind of pause it here i you know i yeah. that's my personal opinion and they're keeping stuff for you tweeted them there as well and they're, they're keeping announcements for san diego um yes. as well as brian fuller so that's the 21st of this month um around the time of beyond as well so you know end of july i think is going to be star oh, trek overload which is going to be fantastic you know we've but um, the, we're gonna have the i'll go into merchandise now in a few seconds but we're gonna have uh onslaught of merchandise then straight after this movie yeah start like, saving your money a, so as well actually looking at the merchandising thing apart from avos you know, saying that they're going to do the new Beyond uniforms. Mm. There hasn't been any inkling of Beyond merchandise yet. Yeah, they're keeping a lot of things very close to their chest. 
So that to me is going to sum up my theory. We are going to see an A. You know what I mean? We haven't like to me. It's the enterprise. It's been refitted. Sure, mm. why not just start bang? Yeah, yeah. Enterprise from beyond in the shops. So there's a lot of stuff being held back. Um, mm. I know the phaser. I know blah, 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 who is it that's got to do the phaser? QMX, I think. Have the Quantum mechanics. Item. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, Very expensive, lovely. but awesome. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot into a bit of do merchandise. Trek merchandise coming up this year. If you're lucky enough to be going to San Diego, you will have the honor and the privilege. If you're one of the first 300 to buy, and this is a bit silly, the USS Enterprise NCC 1701-A, <laughs> as a homage to the 50 year Star Trek. What Plus, co- what color is it, Chris? It's in gold. <laughs> oh, with the duck blue. Um, check it out Diamond Select you lost it on this one um, I know a lot of us are kind of giving out as well like you know come on start making new ships yeah. I do believe and I'd say we are going to see pictures of the Reliant from this there has been rumours that Diamond Select will do a Reliant model fingers are rust yeah. but anyway you can get the alcohol model it's $65 300 limited edition to me personally you can it's keep not it. my cup of tea. Go check it out. They have it up. Another thing that is coming out at the moment is available. It should have been out, but it's it hasn't been released yet. And uh, for some unknown reason, it's sold out in the UK. Is the Star Trek Ships of the Line calendar? And at the moment, if you pre-order in the states, you can get it for ten dollars and forty-nine cent, which is Ooh. a cool price. Again, Amazon UK seems to be completely sold out. I'm gonna imagine that that calendar is going to be in around the fifteen pounds sterling mark. We've also got taken, I know it's not out yet, so I'm just going to throw it in there because it's such a great deal, and we love Mike. <laughs> um, Star Trek Encyclopedia. You can pre-order it now on Amazon UK and Amazon in the US. For the UK guys, it's going to cost you £65 sterling. Recommended retail price is £100 sterling, so that is actually a great saving. And I have had, I, I, I was lucky enough to buy the first one, first edition, and the I love quality. it. And you know what I mean? I'm, I'm probably going to buy them all now uh, at some point. Uh, for you guys in the United States, you are looking at $88.40 with a recommended retail and price of $150. So, guys, if you just want this one, pre-order. That's that's a great saving. Hmm. And uh, merchandise at the moment, that you've seen me messing with this, and I have to throw it in there. It's the Communicator by The One Company. Now, check out the reviews of these things. This is so rock cool. solid. This is a very functional Bluetooth device. I have it switched off at the moment. Uh, but look, I've bought it. Um, he was talking to me on Skype with it the last day. Yes. <laughs> um, in the States, it's going to cost you... Chris <laughs> the States, it's going to cost you $149.99. Um, Euro, it's $140.59. You can get that on Forbidden Planet, any of you guys in Ireland. In fairness, I know sometimes we worry about electricals being shipped over. Just big hoo-ha about that one. No problem with Forbidden Planet. Um, I got it for under 150 euro, delivered on all, fairly quick delivery. And sterling wise, it's 119.95. Yes, it is dear, but it is practical. Um, I don't know how you guys got on with the TV remote. It's one that I'm, I'm actually looking to get. Again, I'm saying this one because it's out now, and like usual, um, when they're gone, they're gone, and they will show up on eBay, and you will be paying three times the price. But it is, it's authentic. It's. Mm. It's good. So, uh, it's not guys, just a static prop. It's a practical. No. this is And the base stand and everything for it is fantastic. So, guys, if you can, if you few bob there, 
get it. Trust me. Like, it's great in, in one sense, uh, buzzing around. You, you can charge your phone to the other side of the room. You know the way where the power socket's in, you just want to kind yeah. of crash out and just flake on the TV, and you're like, oh, my phone's all the way over <laughs> there. Yeah. Have the communicator beside you, and voila, you don't need to let the phone charge. So <laughs> it is practical. You can use it around the house. So I, I, I love it. So Good stuff. That's the merchandise at the moment. Now, there's a throw it over to you as well. We've got uh, the new Eagle Moss ship. Yeah, I actually have behind me, and it'll be up probably maybe before this podcast, but uh, the Mirror Universe, um, NX uh, ISS Enterprise. Um, Do I have... It's not... Oh, one second. This bad boy. It's not in the normal... It's not in the normal uh, subscription, so it's it's outside of it, so you have to purchase it from online. It's the same price as a regular issue, but uh, she is very delicious. And um, on the horizon, we have um, Neelix's ship, the Baxiel, and we have the Romulan Scout, which is a beautiful, beautiful ship, but always reminds me of um, um, a Cylon with food poisoning. She she has the green helmet. Yeah, look, think about good. it. Think about it, Chris. <laughs> I'm hearing reviews about uh, the Neelix's ship just crash landed uh, in the UK there a couple of days ago. I think Tuesday hit, hit, hit uh, the subscribers, subscription guys, yeah. and um, it's it's not a ship that people were looking forward to. But it's a left field ship. Reviews about it. It's a left field ship, and like Eagle Moss, the left field ships are generally the winners. You know, they're they're totally under un, under the radar. And, you know, I've always said it in the past as well, they got a lot of heat and there have been errors on some of the enterprises that they've released, you know, the reef at the A and uh, the C, but obviously they're the hero ships. They're going to be scrutinized no matter what. And if you've seen my videos, you know, I'm all about the detail going like we're super close and, you know, prolonging the... I'm, do you know my reviews are very akin to the motion picture where you're just dancing around the ship for about half an hour um, but uh, yeah you know it's, you need to start playing that music in the background I must start playing that music definitely definitely <laughs> but um, you know the left field ships really kind of you know take people by surprise and she again she's not a looker but the lower scale uh, allows for much more detail and um, you know it does look pretty cool I can't wait to get my hands on it myself yeah, and I get some reviews up if I see Eagle Moss any small ships um, kind of scout vessels, that kind of size. They have mm-hmm. nailed it, in my opinion. And, we're, and we almost have the Aero Shuttle. That's going to be coming soon as well. Voyager's Aero Shuttle. You know, if you don't know what that is, Google Voyager Aero Shuttle. And uh, <laughs> there's actually a scene on YouTube where it has a, a test render of it. I won't even go into too much detail. Just check it out. It'll, it'll be like, oh yeah, my god. Do you know the story? Why what happened with that? Mm-hmm. Why they never used the aerosol? It was yeah. because of what you call it. It was um, Star Trek Insurrection, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to Steal take thunder. away from the movie because it was such a big visual effect for the movie that they weren't actually going to use the captain's yacht. Now, in fairness, I suppose when you look at it, anyone that knew the Enterprise D, we knew it was a captain's yacht. Yeah, I would love to see a model of that. I don't care if it's just a silly little. Like, it looks like a, a UFO, like. It please. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, the Enterprise had the first captain's yacht. I would love a model of that. I would love a worker bee. I would love the little shuttle that we just saw in the motion picture that scoots Kirk and yeah, oh the the pod, yeah, but the one that scoots in the tramline. Like oh, I just, I wish they'd do like a line of mini ships, not to the scale of the shuttles, but like proper scale, but just off the um, the smaller ships within the, within um, Star Trek canon as well. But listen, 
I think we might wrap it up there because we've gone over our half an hour limit by just a little bit, Chris. <laughs> but um guys and girls at home i hope you enjoyed this podcast i know i did Uh, it's always great to talk trek and um you know let us know in the comment section below if there's any areas that we can improve on and uh, let's just get the conversation going and uh yeah what do you want to hand off there as well chris yeah look guys thanks for listening it's great um one week uh over a thousand views so please like share this video share we're just two Irish guys just talking Trek. We're just picking up random topics. We'll probably go on to doing Star Trek The Radican mm-hmm. uh, next week. Uh, and then obviously... Might talk about Beyond. Star Trek Beyond. So Maybe. We're going to have to switch back to the Kelvin timeline. I know some people don't like it. But look, guys, in the comments below, yeah, have your say the whole lot. But just please respect, you know what I mean? You know, your opinion is fine. So is everyone else's. no need else's. to go overboard uh, hatred to a certain person. But like at the same time, like we like actually hearing those comments. We're yeah. just worried in case it offends anybody. But as we've always said, look, Trek is Trek. We love Trek. Respect Anything each other. Trek. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I enjoy comments, so I will talk to you. And guys, if you can't get through to me, uh, there's Trek Collector on Facebook. Then you'll leave the links down below or uh, Christy Judge. Look for us on there. I will be glad to. I will put up uh, a link to this podcast. And I will, look, if you can't comment me, I will be happy to chat. Um, but correct me on stuff. I love it. Or, you know what I mean? Just give me a feedback. Um, the time is the same. We just like to know stuff about Trek. So. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I, look, here's the research that I did. Like, it's a page. And watching stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. this is all off the top of our heads. Ramblings. And I think maybe the next time we might actually go into... We should try and do a section and go through people's comments. And yeah. That, that could out. be something cool. It's um, always an evolution. You know, the, it's the, one of the good things about starting the series. Just coming to think about it, I think Olympic No had a like a great one from the last time. Let's see if we can pull it up. Just a, mm. give a little there was some good. There was there was some great comments there. You know about the the mission patch and um, the badges and stuff like that as well. And yeah, no um, YouTube being YouTube, <sighs> it's just not never comes. Yeah, we we we'll do, yeah. do a comment section in the next video. Um, so don't worry about that. But guys and girls at home, thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, we will see you in the next one.